elections and engage in corrupt and shady dealings and who violate uh, the various laws of our land, they too should be prosecuted with the same vigor and the same them we, as those people we, who commit that's right. We may agree I? On it, but I may just let me say this one thing, and then I promise you I won't talk so much. I guess no, I, I want <laughs> you to talk. That's why. Look, I do not believe that today it's very rare that anybody steals to eat. When we talk about the social poverty conditions, it simply isn't true today that people are out there robbing a bank with a gun, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars in order to eat, or you know. Uh, to climb out of the housing project. It's something much deeper afoot. And when I said that I'm not Sigmund Freud, I'm not. I'm in the criminal justice system. I've got to deal with what we've got. I start out with the premise that if you want more deterrence to crime, you've got to put more cops out there. People, no matter what you threaten them with in terms of punishment, it's never going to deter them unless you can show them that you can deliver it. And the only way you can deliver it is making right, sure they report. Thank right. you. Let's get specific. You spoke about 31,000 indictments in the city of New York, correct. criminal indictments That's right. annually. That's okay, right. that figure is correct. I'm going to tell you that of the 31,000, 17% of those 31,000 come to trial. Okay, they may be indicted, 31,000 people, but set, wait a minute. That they don't means, even have 17%. Now, being go to a trial. pretty good mathematician, we I'll don't tell have you. 17% go to trial. Yes. I'm going to tell you what happened to the latest. Well, New York those Times. figures are wrong. Well, New uh, York Times is never wrong. Of the New York Times is wrong. The the percentage of cases going to trial within the city of New York is somewhere in the neighborhood of somewhere between 10 and 12 percent. We dispose of most of our cases in the city of New York by uh, by pleas. Now, by plea negotiation, I don't like to use the phrase plea bargaining. In the Why city don't you like to use the because phrase? because I I feel it's somewhat deprecating and I feel but that it's factual. Plea, well, plea negotiation is is something which is most useful in the disposition of cases. Uh, there is no. Why does way, it always uh, operate in the interests of the criminal? It does defendant? not. It does not. Of course, plea, it plea does. It does not. If, if David, listen to me. Uh, we have in this state the most draconian. Uh, a sentence structure uh, of any, uh, not only in the state, but throughout this nation. Uh, the most draconian sentence structure of any nation in the world, with the possible exception of the Soviet, Soviet Union and South Africa. Now, uh, we have mandatory sentences for crime. We have uh, people, we, we have jails, not only in this state, but throughout the entire nation, which are coming apart at the seams. Our state prisons now are uh, over 116 percent of capacity. Now I submit to you those people are being sent to jail by the judges. We sentence those individuals who commit the crimes. We had 12,500 in our state's prisons in 1972. We now have well over 30,000 in our state prisons today. Now uh, uh, we, we, we do not deter crime necessarily by the severity of the sentence that's imposed. We deter crime by celerity by the speed in which a case is adjudicated and the certainty of adjudication. Plea negotiation enables these cases to be disposed of rapidly. It causes these people to be sent away to state institutions as rapidly as possible. For tiny be, sentences. What tiny sentences? Yeah, a tiny sentence of a, of a year for a, a crime know, of violence. No one goes to state's prison for a year. All right, two years. Well, they don't go for two years. How often do they? How the, big a the, sentence? 
Well, you can have any type of sentences, 10 to 20. Uh, Nathan Giles, who was tried before me, got 67 and a half years uh, to three lifetimes plus 25 years and a recommendation that if he was alive when he was 104 years and I was not around at that time, that he not be paroled. Bullock got 150 years to life. Now that means they can't come before the parole board until they do 150 years in the case of Bullock, 67 and a half years in the case of Giles. But you've, we, you've we, sentenced people to lighter sentences that are back on the streets. Certainly. There is no way, there is no way, David, to, 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 to program into our penal law all the different nuances that go into each category of crime or the differences in the individuals that commit those crimes. A kid, a kid with a, with a, with a twig or a, or, or a piece I... of wood steals a bike, threatens someone and steals, he commits robbery in the first degree. He may have never been convicted of a crime before or committed a crime before. The Bowery bum with a broomstick <laughs> steals a, a, mission, a bottle of Mission Bell wine from his drinking buddy, threatening him with that broomstick. He commits robbery in the first degree. Someone, someone with a machine gun goes into that bank in, in New Jersey. I, I don't like to encourage anyone to uh, uh, rob any money from any, any uh, establishment in New York. Or New Steals, Jersey. Uh, He's encouraging New Jersey. No, I'm not, but rather New Jersey than New York. Goes in there, uh, with a submachine gun, shoots up, shoots up, shoots up, shoots up, shoots up, shoots up that bank and steals hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash, has a record as long as my arm, he commits robbery in the first degree. Now, no one in their right mind uh, would wish to impose the same sentence on those three individuals, all of whom are charged with the same crime of robbery in the first degree. That's why you have plea negotiation. No, I That's don't. why you have no. discretion no. in the imposition of sentences. Your Honor, Your yeah, Honor, yes. Suskind, can yes. I get in? The plaintiff. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not plaintiff about anything. The fact that judges need discretion to sentence is quite clear because Justice Roberts is right. You know, you have different crimes committed by different people for different reasons with different degrees of severity and hurt to individuals in society. But that doesn't mean that the defendant should be permitted to sit down and participate in the decision of how much time he should get. That doesn't mean he should sit there in a bargain and sales situation selling his constitutional right to trial by jury on the one hand for X amount of time. Now, but I do think that it would be unfair to your viewers not to make the point that there's a difference between pleading to one or two counts. You know, frequently a prosecutor will overcharge, and it's quite appropriate for a defendant to plead to, to one or two counts in an indictment because the government couldn't even prove more. In any event, it, it's, it's really ridiculous. But that is different, different than letting the defendant sit down and buzz, buzz, buzz between the judge and the prosecutor. I must tell you this. Never in uh, nearly a quarter of a century in this business have I ever done it. I was the head of an office. We never did it. My colleague here is going to tell me about volume. He's going to tell me you got to do it. You can't get it the cases moved any other way. It's not my experience. I don't, I don't get any more trials than anybody else. And I won't do it. And they plead guilty in front of me anyway. And it wouldn't matter if there were 20 of them, 50 right. of them. Well, that's nonsense. They no. have 800 cases. I'm going to address we that. We have 31,000. I know. And if we, and if we enlarged our courtroom so they're as big as the Triborough Bridge and populated those courtrooms with half the 
population of Bronx County to try the other half of the population of Bronx County, I submit we're not using our tax dollars in a very wise fashion. I would suggest, as I said before, we are the cancer hospital in our society, and I suggest New to York you City. that you use the limited number of tax dollars to prevent crime from occurring in the first instance. You don't put all your eggs in that criminal justice system. Plea we negotiation with 31,000 cases permits you to incarcerate over 31,000 people in our state's prisons and at the same time enables our system to move forward and use our tax dollars as wisely as they should be used. I'm not one who says that we have to keep putting this dough into the criminal justice system, enlarging the number of people on the bench by 100%, enlarging our police force by 100%. The amount of return for that dollar, considering that you only arrest 6% of those that commit burglary, is not going to be money well spent. I suggest to 93 you... 93% of commit burglary, 97% uh, get away with it. I didn't say 90. I said 6% is the clearance 94 rate. 94 get away with it. 90, they don't necessarily get away with it because a burglar who is arrested usually is one who has committed several other burglaries. Well, then those 6% you do arrest, you better give stiff sentences to. Because yeah, do you're doing sentences. it to the 6 do. and 94. Well, what do you consider, David, what do you consider uh, a, a stiff sentence for a, a youngster who is... Oh, uh, seven, no, he's going to be black, he's no. going to be poor, he's no, going to no. be hungry, he's going to I have... didn't indicate what his, his race is or whether he's he poor. Was, he was anticipating. What, why, what do you give a youngster who is... 17 years of age, uh, who has never been convicted of a crime before, who is arrested for a burglary. Did he have a weapon? Uh, he has no weapon. Oh, well. No one is in any way. Uh, no one is in any way hurt. He. Uh, there is a youthful offender statute within our state. He is a an individual who comes from a one-parent family. There are four or five other kids in the family. The family is on welfare. You tell me. You tell me, you're the judge. What would you give that 17-year-old who brings in a record, a recommendations from his teachers showing that he has potential? Well, I gather you'd, you'd like give to give him the Distinguished Service Medal. No, I wouldn't want to give him a Distinguished Service Medal. But what I would want to give him was intensive supervised probation, probation that really means probation, whereby a probation officer is able to make certain that, that kid is watched and visits that kid's home two or three right. times a week. You ask me what I'd give him. See that he gets vocational guidance and see to it that he has a life which is somewhat productive both for himself haven't, and society. Haven't, haven't we forgotten the issue? The uh, issue is not what, what... You asked me what would I give him. Yeah, what would you give him? I would give him a certain sentence of six months yeah. in a youth rehabilitation center where he did not get out until the six months was over and where he might run some danger of sexual abuse or whatever the problem was. But I'd give him those certain six months. You know, so he would never steal again. You know, right. Now, you, under our state, Or he would become the natural criminal he was intended to In be. In our state, if you did not give him youthful offender treatment, and if he was convicted of burglary in the second degree, which the legislature has deemed to be a Class C violent felony, even though no weapon is used, under our law, if he is convicted and is not given youthful offender treatment, he would have to receive a sentence of one year, six months, to four years, six months in state's prison, and would have to receive that. That is why 
we have plea negotiation because we cannot program into uh, the penal law all the nuances that go into the various categories of crime or the differences in individuals. Yeah, That's be. why we have plea negotiation. So in your case, you would wish to give them six months. And in my case, I would wish to give them youthful offender treatment and intensive supervised probation. Yeah. You could not do it, sir, without plea negotiation. Well, take it easy, because the truth of the matter is you don't have to sit down and bargain with him over time. You're not he, bargaining with him, Irvin. You're, the the plea negotiation goes, goes on between, I know in the federal court where you have the esoteric crimes, uh, you don't uh, have plea negotiation, and there is no plea negotiation. No, there. that's not true. But, but in, in, in state courts, the plea negotiation is carried on between the assistant district attorney and the defense counsel, uh, usually a legal aid attorney who represents this young individual who is charged with a crime. Excuse me. There is a provision for such bargaining in the federal system. It's rule. It's in Rule 11 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure, but it is discretionary with the judge. M many of my colleagues will not do it. As far as not bargaining directly with the defendant, why, Bert, of course you are. Whatever conversations you're holding with the lawyer, you know, he's going back to his client and saying, okay, Charlie, all right? Oh, you want something else? I'll see if the judge will do it. It may well be that you're not holding the defendant's hand, but you're speaking. You want to know something? I feel that a, that a member of the judiciary is more than an automaton whose duties are to merely sit on a bench and rule on matters of evidence, overruled, sustained, denied, yeah, granted. He's more than, he's you more are than there that. to see the justice is done. Yeah, but and in, not, the, in the illustration that wait, I gave, the me. only way justice can be done for that youngster is to have plea negotiations. You are there to justice to be done.